Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another Vegan Edition podcast. Uh, I've been following this guy for a while now, and somehow he finally answered me. I have the pleasure to be sitting with uh, Will Brooks. He is a vegan athlete. He is the founder of the plant-based warrior plan. And of course, he is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt, which is why I found your profile so awesome. What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, brother. I'm happy to be here. Uh, listen, we were uh, we were talking about that, your BJ, your Brazilian jiu-jitsu. How long you've been doing it for? I'm assuming six years, but what do I know? Yeah, about six years. I, I have a wrestling background, too. So, I mean, I've been on the mats since I've been, you know, 14, 15 years old, but strictly jiu-jitsu for about six years. So you're a wrestler too? Yeah. So you like to hug people. I'm a hugger, yeah. man. <laughs> I'm a hug hugger. Yeah, absolutely. So how did what how did that start? Because you were 14 years old, you were old enough to take your own decision at that point. So you wanted to wrestle? Is that how it started? Or were you pushed yeah. into it? Yeah, no, my well, my dad was a wrestler back in the day. And you know, my mom comes from a big family. I had six uncles, so her six brothers we're all wrestlers out on the West coast of Montana. So it's in our bloodline. I mean, they all did fairly well. My dad was a tank back in the day. So, uh, you know, I tried basketball in middle school. I tried soccer. I, I tried all the sports and I was always relatively athletic, but when I tried wrestling, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the grind. The, uh, I love, I love the, uh, the chase of having a, a more strong, powerful body. And I love that it was you versus an opponent. You didn't have any teammates out there with you. So, uh, and I found that I was good with, um, body mechanics. So when a coach would show a move, I would just, I would just catch it. You know, a lot of guys would need to see it a bunch of times. You show me a move. I just, I can see it. I can understand the way the human body works and it just kind of grew into an obsession from there. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's probably when it comes to martial art, it's probably the best base you can have is wrestling. It's you nice control where it goes. It either goes on the ground or it goes stand up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you take it to the ground, I mean, you can you can control the intensity of that too. So whether you want to, you know, bring it to the ground in a controlled way or a really powerful, aggressive way, it's got, you know? <laughs> suplexing somebody is a control. <laughs> controlled destruction. <laughs> so are you still able to pick up men now that you lack protein because of your vegan diet? Oh man. Well, it depends on how <laughs> my bones are that day. <laughs> Cause that's something I know from gyms. I've been in gyms for 15 to 20 years now. And it's, I'm always the only guy. I'm always the only, only vegan. I don't share that unless you, you come and eat with me. You'll never know. Cause I don't talk about that stuff at the gym, but, uh, do you find it funny? Do you do your training partner stay? Uh, they, they're surprised when they learn that uh, you don't eat meat. Yeah, well, you know, because of my Instagram profile, uh, a lot of the guys there, probably all of them already know that I'm vegan. Yeah. <clears throat> but we get a new guy coming in or, you know, every now and then there's somebody who doesn't understand. They don't know. Um, yeah, they're always really surprised. And it's followed up with a volley of questions. But what's cool about my gym is a couple of the other guys like some of the toughest guys in that school are vegan. There's two guys there right now um, who aren't vegan and you wouldn't know if they didn't say it, but 
incredibly strong, incredibly fast and athletic and their stamina is crazy, you know, and that's basically all the same things that the guys say about me. So I think it's funny when uh, you get someone who's never been vegan or maybe tried it for a week and they think, <laughs> oh man, I, I, like I had a guy on my last, one of my last posts tell me he trains too hard to be vegan. And what you got to, does that mean? You got to imagine all of the answers that came to my mind. And I try to keep it really professional with my answers, but sometimes people test my patience a little bit. And that one was that one, that one strung a chord. Cause I, I told him, I was like, you don't, no disrespect, man, but there's Olympians and professional athletes out there who, who this is their life. And I promise you are not training harder than them. You know what I mean? So it's just, there, there's still a lack of knowledge in that, in yeah. that area general public and it just means there's more work to be done and luckily i like work so i'm ready you know i'm just going to keep working on it i'll keep sometimes i know i sound repetitive on there but that's just because there's still more people that need to learn that you can do this and excel so the um, as a martial artist you know the game changer the documentary yeah what do you think of it i liked it i liked yeah. it a lot because <clears throat> i like it because i used to follow that guy when he fought in the ufc i actually I, I don't know him, but I, I watched him fight all the time because he did win one of the UFC fighter. Uh, and I was like, damn, that guy became vegan. But I like the way how he explains the, um, uh, how do you call it? Uh, I'm just thinking about a French word now, but uh, uh, your your articulations are always swollen. Uh, how do you call that? They're, um, inflammation. Inflammation, thank you. Yes. Did, did you see a difference since you've stopped eating meat on your inflammation, especially when that, training? That was one of the most profound physical benefits I've experienced, you know, because up until the point where I had my spine fusion, I dealt with extreme tendonitis in my elbows. I had golfer's elbow and tennis elbow in both my arms. And it got to a point where I couldn't get rid of it. And I thought that I was going to have to either give up weightlifting or jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I'm taking joint support. I'm icing, I'm stretching. And doing all of these things only really eased the pain by like 50%. Yeah. Uh, ended up blowing out my neck in the gym, um, doing heavy dumbbell, or, I'm sorry, heavy barbell lunges. And, um, you know, I, I ended up having the surgery and I was out for three months while my body just was healing. My neck was healing, but I was also putting on fat and losing all my muscle. So I figured this was going to be my time to let my joints heal right? Because I'm not doing anything. So when the doctor finally gave me the go ahead to work out again, uh, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the gym. And within two weeks, it was right probably about 10 days. My, my, all my joint pain was back, like hard and aggressive mm -hmm. along with pain in my neck. And it was right around then I was like, okay, you know what? Cause I had tried going vegan a couple of times and I just, my mind wasn't right at the time. I just kind of like kind of half-assed it. So at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try vegan. I'm going to, I'm going to give it hundred percent effort. And I did it and within two weeks. All of my joint pain was gone. Mm. And I'm talking the elbow in my pain, or the, the pain of my elbows that I had, had plagued me for so long. And along with the pain in my neck from my fusion. So, uh, and that's because the inflammation was basically down to zero. So it's, that's been one of the most profound benefits I've experienced physically. When was that? That was three and a half years ago. Okay. The surgery was about three and a half years ago. Yeah. Winter three and a half years ago. 
So that's when you decided to go vegan at that point. Well, I decided to go vegan um, a little bit after the doctor said I could start working out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because a lot of people will say, you know, you're a vegan athlete. You're only retaining the muscle that you had already built, which, you know, obviously isn't true because there's athletes out there who have never even eaten meat and they're jacked. You know, my situation's unique because I lost all my muscle because of my spine surgery and I built myself back to what I am now on plants. So very unique. Now, I don't, I don't know a lot of many, many other athletes that have done it that way, but that's my story. And I love when people try to say, you just retain your muscle from being a meat eater. Well, no, cause I lost all my muscle before I went vegan. So I've, I've been meat free for 11, 12 years now. And at my biggest, I was 215 pounds and I fought at 165. So I'm wow. always like, I range around 195, 200 pounds. And wow. the first thing I haven't seen my boss in a while. The first thing he saw, he, the first thing he said on the phone when he saw me earlier, he's like, God damn, you got bigger. And that's just, I don't listen. It's bullshit. People just don't know. It's just, it used to be hard to be vegan. It used to be, it's not anymore. There's no excuses oh. anymore. It's available oh. everywhere. It's so easy to, I mean, can you imagine the vegans in like the sixties and seventies? Like that, that talk about difficult, that you really had to be dedicated. Now you can be a junk food vegan. You can oh. be a health nut, physical fit vegan. You can, I mean, whatever you, you can be cat, like a mixture of both. Yeah. It's very easy. I got one of my buddies that's not vegan, but, and I'm not, I'm not one to preach. I don't do you. I don't care what other people do. If it doesn't impact my life, I don't really care. And he admitted to me recently, like last two weeks, he's like, dude, you have no idea how much less meat I eat. And it's because of the fact that I never say anything. He just watches me eat and he looks at me. He's like, how does that make sense? Because we've been lied to. We've been lied to for years that we need to eat that crap in order to be muscular. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I think that there's, you know, people respond differently to different forms of influence you know um, you have you know people who will hold signs in front of um you know maybe like a butcher shop and then you have like the extreme version of that where people will throw blood at people wearing uh fur coats and i'm more of along the lines of what you do in my personal life i only talk it if people ask um, my, my form of influence comes from my social media because that's where I talk about it, uh, the most, but, um, a lot of people have told me that they have given it a try and, or even stuck with it because of how, I guess, chill I am about it. But really that's how I get my message out the best. You know, some people can confuse that with, well, you're just, you're not a passionate vegan, or there's some kind of stigma about being a fitness vegan. Like you're not doing it for the right reasons. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of negativity in that world. And I think that so many different people respond to other forms, you know, better or worse. And you just have to find what you, the way you sell it best is what you need to stick to. So I don't think that, you know, because let's just say, you know, I'm a fitness vegan, just because I'm a fitness vegan doesn't mean that I'm wrong. You know, a lot of, um, people who use the ethical leverage, which I do believe in, I, I am an ethical vegan. I love animals, but my platform is fitness. That's how it, I've known fitness for so long. 
That's what I've gone to school for. It's, it's what I know. So that's what I use to preach. That's my tool. Um, so to that, to that point, yeah, you know, people respond differently. And I love when people tell me you're just chill about it. And it, it makes me feel like I can do it because a lot of people think, well, I want to be vegan. I want to be plant-based, but I don't want to be like throwing blood at people wearing fur jackets. Like, do I have to be that extreme? No, you don't. You can, you can do you and still be vegan and actually lead by example and inspire other people to do it too, just from being you and doing you. So I'm a strong believer in um, showing the good instead of showing the bad. So instead of telling people what they shouldn't do, just show them what it's like when you do something so they can see the benefit out of what you're doing. Because if I take my shirt off, I go to the gym, they're not like, you're not, it's, I'm six foot one, about 200 pounds right now. People don't think I'm vegan. They'll never know, but they would never know either. That's the right. thing. I don't care to talk about it, but I look no different than another gym rat at the, at the gym. There's right. no difference. I might have better endurance and less inflammation because of it though. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. But to show them that it's possible instead of saying you should do that because of this, this, and this, when's the last time you learned something by being screamed at? Right. Right. And I find it interesting too, because a lot of people will say, well, uh, B12, this vitamin deficiency, that, you know, protein deficient. Okay. So of course there are things that you can fall victim to if you go vegan, but look at America, look at all the people who are doing it wrong by eating products. You know, people want to point the finger at vegans because you, you take a, a B12 vitamin. Listen, I, I plan on taking a multivitamin and protein powder the rest of my life. And that was before I was even vegan. You know what I mean? So going vegan, you know, the vitamins I took really didn't change, but if you're going to come at me from kind of like a perfection standpoint so many more people are doing it wrong on, on an animal-based diet than people are doing it wrong on a vegan diet and people fail to realize that you know you think the guy who eats nothing but chicken breast broccoli and rice do you think he's not deficient in some form or another i guarantee you he's probably deficient in at least three or four different areas you know and people don't think of that and you know as far as overall health goes, just how I talked about in Game Changers, you know, Wilkes did a really great job at, at covering this, you know, just from eating whole foods, plant-based whole foods, you are checking so many boxes, so many boxes in the health circuit. So, you know, that's it, when people come at me with that, I have like, I have a box filled with responses and I'm like, okay, which angle am I going to go this time? Because there's just, it's, it's a target rich environment as far as responses go. It's uh, it's one of those things that as soon as you become vegan and you're aware of what you eat, you, you are, you, you automatically your nutrition should be better. Especially if you're not one of the, like you said earlier, if you're not one of those junk food vegan, because I know I've seen a lot of, overweight people that are vegan. It doesn't make you skinny. But if you are careful about what you eat, which I've been for more than 20 years, as soon as I became vegan, it just steps is step it up a notch. It's crazy. You have to be even more careful about everything. Yeah. Well, and you know what I've noticed too, just from coaching people is there's two different 
when, when someone becomes vegan for the first time and they don't know what they're doing, there's two different forms. There's the junk food vegan who eats nothing but the processed food yeah. and, and ends up gaining weight. And they're like, oh, my God, what's going on? I'm getting fat. This is I'm not going to do this anymore. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where they want to do it healthy, but they don't realize that the majority of our food is going to be low calorie, but also filling. So you're filling up on less calories, especially if you're eating whole foods. And when they're not tracking and they're not, they're just kind of guessing, they end up losing weight. And sometimes it can even be too much. And people will say, well, I went vegan and I lost strength. All right. Well, were you tracking your calories? No. Okay. Well, did, were you tracking what you're eating? No. Okay. Well, yeah, you, you gotta, you have to make sure that you're in the right, you're, you're changing up the way you're eating. So, so much, you know, you're replacing animal products for plant-based protein products. The calories are different and you need to make sure that you're still within your correct zone. If you want to make gains or vice versa, if you're trying to lose weight, you need to make sure you're at a calorie deficit. Otherwise you're not going to lose weight vegan or not. So, um, those are the two different spectrums I see where people come at me and they're like, Oh, this doesn't work. I tried. It doesn't work. Well, let's talk about why it didn't work. You know, it's the same rules that apply for the, all those people that eat animal products. Yeah. If you're eating too many calories, you're going to gain weight. If you're not eating enough calories, you're going to lose strength and size. It's science. It's, it's nothing. It doesn't mean it has nothing to do with being vegan. It's about how many calories you're putting in your body. So, yeah. So the, the meal plan that you do, are they, automatically higher in carbs because if you eat a lot of beans like your ratio is like one through your what one gram of protein per three gram of carbs give or take because i eat a lot of beans that's normally where you're sitting at like quick quick calculation yeah i mean it, it just it really depends on the person depending on you know what they were eating before they were vegan. I mean, a lot of people come to me and they're already already eating high carb. I got a lot of people who come to me who you know are very keto uh focused carbs are super, super low. Um, for the most part, yeah, you know, a plant diet can be higher in carbs, but you got to remember, you know, if you're getting your carbs from whole foods, I mean, this is, these are clean, natural carbs. Yeah. You know, yeah. I say, I try to stay away from the processed stuff, you know, yeah. and I just had a guy asking me today, well, I try to stay away from sugar. What do you, how do you feel about that? Um, natural sugar. I mean, I, my smoothies every day are crammed with blueberries strawberries, bananas, and I'll eat grapes throughout the day. I love grapes pre and post workout. Uh, I am, I love natural sugar from fruits, but processed sugar. Yeah. I stay away from it. Um, you know, some people argue, well, it's calories in calories out. You, you know, as long as you're within your range, you'll be okay. I just, I, the process stuff, you know, I, I'm not scared of doing the process, but it's, it's a very low percentage of the stuff I eat. I will do processed, but, you know, I'm not like fully whole food, but uh, I will have some process. But yeah, for the most part, I stay away from processed sugar, the natural sugar I love. And I'm not scared to eat carbs because I'm so active. I need that's our preferred energy source. And, uh, you know, being a weightlifter and a jujitsu fighter, you, you definitely don't want to be skimping on the carbs. I'm a big carb person. Uh, it's ridiculous, the amount of carbs. But as you said, I'll eat bread on the weekend, but during the week. The only, only carbs I get is really from whole food. That's it. And I find it interesting too, that people who are guys like us yeah, active and love their carbs, we yeah. all are, we all have like a similar build. We have lots of lean muscle. You yeah. can see our muscle definition. Um, and there's, there's really nothing soft about us. There's a lot of people who are maybe not so active or maybe they are active, but they're scared of carbs. Like 
there's one thing guys like us have in common. We're active and we love our natural carbs. And I think that that's not on accident. You know what I mean? We look like this because we work hard and we fuel ourselves correctly. And I wish more people could understand that. But I think there's um, I think there's a small genetic component too because I I feed well on fat and carbs. It doesn't matter. I can mix match as I feel like, and my body doesn't get impacted. I don't feel weak by it. I'm lucky. I'm one of those people that whatever I eat, eh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. When you were younger, was it hard to gain weight? Oh shit, bro! I was. I discovered the gym in college. I was. Six foot one, 140 pounds. I don't know if you guys work in pounds and inches, yeah. but I was, I'm 60 pounds heavier than I was in college and I've been 80 yeah. pounds heavier and it's all that, natural. Like all I do and even protein powder, I don't eat a lot of it. Like I, I do it sometimes, but I mostly, yeah. I eat a lot. My plates are massive. I love to yeah. eat. Yeah, I was, I wrestled 152 my senior year. And in football, I was like 160, 165. How tall are you? I, how tall I'm are you? 190, 195 right now. But how tall are you? 5'11". 5'11". Okay, so you're a big boy. So you're 195 on 5'11", but you're lean. I got like some always, always keep lean, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I don't really bulk and shred, bulk and shred. I'll run mini shreds for vacations. You know, I drop my body effort because I, I hover right around 10% all year. Yeah. Um, I go on vacation. I'll try to get down to like nine or 8%, but I never do big, you know, bulking and shredding, bulking and shredding. I maintain all year. Uh, uh, so, you know, for me, I feel like that's the most sustainable. It's obviously the most healthy. I don't like the yo-yo. Like I did plenty of that in school with gaining weight for football and then cutting weight yeah. for wrestling, gaining weight for football, cutting weight for wrestling. So, um, yeah, I, I'd rather just stay lean all year round, look good, have good energy. And if I feel like I want to drop a body fat percent or two for vacation, that's what I do. That's why I was laughing. I wasn't, I was laughing because you actually go on micro diets in order to, uh, to look better when you take your shirt <laughs> off on vacation. Not that you take pictures of yourself without a shirt on every day, right? <laughs> yeah. I know it does seem a little ridiculous when you think about it. No, I under, I fully, fully understand because once you understand dieting, man, I went for, I, I was, I was going 195, 200 pounds to 165, 170 in six to eight weeks, no water cut, just pure, pure, pure diet. So I know what it is to shred and doing it for two weeks intense before you go on a vacation. It's all good. It's well, you know, Yeah, I think it's really fun. Like once you learn your body yeah. and you know what you respond to, it's yeah. really fun to be able to fine tune yourself. When you have that much control over how your body looks, uh, it's a different level of interest involved. You know, once I learned how to fine tune things, whether I wanted to put on a little size or maybe I wanted to shred the abs up, it's just really interesting and entertaining and fun to be able to dial your calories back this much. And you know, this is what's going to happen. So I think there is uh, that's my nerdiness. That's my nerd side coming through, but yeah, I, I think it's fun to be able to control where you want to go. Once you get it down to a science like that. It's uh you know, for the longest time, I wanted to be 200 pounds. When I started the gym, I'm like, 200 pounds makes sense. And then after a while, all it became is the V-shape, shoulder to waist ratio. And to this day, have you heard of the golden ratio? Yeah. So 1.6? Yep. 
this is my this is all I live by. That's it. I don't care about the rest. As I'm the proper weight for my height. I could be a, a bit more shred, but I cheat too much on weekends. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. chocolate cake, man. I'm a big fan of chocolate cake. <laughs> I love uh, once I discovered Chinese uh, restaurants will make you all their dishes with tofu. Mm -hmm. That was game for me. So, so uh, you know, sesame chicken, sesame tofu, orange chicken, orange tofu, uh, General So's chicken, General So's tofu. I am obsessed. It's the sauce that's brutal. Eh? It's, uh, not, it's not the tofu. The the right. the noodles can be okay, but man, the sauces are ridiculously high in calories. Yeah, it's all sodium, sugar, and then when they fry the tofu, I mean, you're extra fat in there for no reason. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> what is your favorite meal, by the way? That's a good question. Favorite, favorite cheat meal or favorite like healthy meal? Ah, fuck the healthy meal. What's your favorite cheat meal? <laughs> I, I would have to say it's either got to be a really, really, really big pizza from um, we've got this spot out by us called, called Ohio Pico, and they make the best vegan pizzas I've ever had. They've got this one called the Kennedy. And if you are ever in Northeast Ohio for some reason, <laughs> You have to try this place. Just trust me. Um, but if not that, then I got to go with General So's Tofu from Green Lake Chinese in uh, out in Painesville, Ohio. You, you posted a picture of one of those pizzas on your Instagram, right? Doesn't do it justice. Doesn't do it. It's, I mean, it. you know it's a good pizza because it's heavy. Yeah. It's really greasy. It's heavy. And it just has all the flavors you could want. It's, I mean, it's filling... The cheese is good. They make their own cheese, their own vegan cheese in house. And I couldn't say, I can't say enough good things about it. It's that good. It's my favorite food, man. For Pizza? Five, oh man. For five years, all I had was a Friday. I had a two hour window on Friday and I could eat whatever I wanted. It was always the same thing. It was always pizza every single time. And that pizza I saw it earlier. Oof. That pizza on your profile looks ridiculously good. Damn. I'm telling you, it's amazing. If you're ever out here for some crazy reason, you need to try that. That is the spot to go to. I looked amazing. The pizza, I was, and I'm hungry, and I was looking at that just before we started recording. I'm fucking starving, and now I got to go eat healthy food after seeing that. <laughs> I know, I'm getting hungry thinking about it. It's... Uh, you know, I live in the middle of the woods and we don't have any restaurants that are vegan. I can go to uh, I can go to the grocery store and they have everything. There's a small company uh, about an hour and a half from here that does um, Satan. And it's no preservative. There's like six ingredients. For years, I had to do mine. And now I can just buy it. It's super cheap. It's It's all protein. It's all There's like no fat and carbs in it. It's... That's some of the, I have that probably every day. I do too. At least yeah. once a meal, every supper, I'm going to have some. When we hang up, I'll, I'll have some. It's got to yeah. love Satan. Got to love, love it. Good. It's really good. So let me ask you this. The, um, there's always a question that I ask everybody I speak to on the podcast. Um, and I know from what you were saying earlier, I don't want to go into details about what we said before the podcast, but 
I have, uh, by what you were saying, you had a interesting, uh, we'll, we'll call it teen phase. It was interesting. Yes. If you had a chance to uh, speak to your 14-year-old self, what would you tell him? I would tell him that you're going to come into a time where you're going to want to party a lot and you're going to get into drinking and you're probably going to waste a lot of time doing that and that you should focus on training. I, I tell my 14 year, year old self to get into jujitsu immediately. I tell him to focus on lifting weights and, you know, creating, creating a business at an earlier age, you know? Uh, yeah. Like I told you earlier, you know, from probably my late teens all the way up to my thirties, I, uh, wasted a lot of time drinking too much. And, uh, I think that if I could have gone back in time and gave myself a heads up, I, I could have been a lot more productive with that time, but at the same time, I can't do that. So I try not to beat myself up over it. It's created the person I am today, which I'm really proud of. So, um, yeah, yeah. If we, if you end up finding the time machine, let me know. <laughs> you know, I asked that question just for that reason, because there's nothing you can do about it. I wouldn't change anything either, but I think I, it's a mental exercise I like to have every mind then to see the stupid things I did when I was younger looking at the people that I know that are still in that same lifestyle and understanding where I am right now, it just reminds me why I do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's times, you know, where I still like for celebrations, I'll have some drinks and I can feel that wild side wanting to come out. And mm. like I told you earlier, I have such an addictive personality. Uh, you know, the problem with that is, that if I were to entertain that wilder side, eventually it turns into something where um, I have to apologize for my behaviors because uh, I just, I can't allow myself to fall back into that lifestyle. When I was in that lifestyle hardcore, what got me out of it was basically at the end of my run, I was doing things that were either embarrassing myself, I was hurting myself or hurting other people. Uh, whether that's with my words or my actions. And it just gets to a point where you're like, okay, am I really going to wake up every Sunday morning and have to make like three apology phone calls? You know, it's just not worth it. So like I said, when I proposed to my wife, I had a little drink, like uh, I got a brother from another mother who just got married and, and we got a little wild there. But, um, you know, if I go camping, you know, with my brother and my buddies and my dad, we'll throw back some drinks, but I don't go to the bars anymore. I'm not going on party buses. I'm not going out to the clubs with my boys. You know what I mean? So there's, there's some touch and go there. I, I, I know myself and I know what I'm, I can allow myself, but again, it's a slippery slope because of that addictive personality. So uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a dance on thin ice that I do when I do that, but I've learned so much about myself over the past few years that I, I know when to pull back or to completely remove myself from that. So, um, and I think knowing that balance is huge. How brutal is it to wake up on a Sunday morning, not remembering what happened and you have a feeling in your stomach that you didn't, you did something shitty. You don't know to who, and you need to call, you need to, you need to get in contact with the people that you partied with in order to figure out what the fuck you did. 
yeah, you wake up and you, you got a text message from your boy and all it says is dude. And you're like, Oh God. Oh God. Well, he's my first phone call. I guess I'll figure out what I did, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm not in any way, shape or form missing that. Like, and I keep that in the front of my mind too, because like I said, I know how, how laser focused my mind can get for things it likes. And, uh, in a lot of ways, it's a great thing. It helps me yep. success mm-hmm. in everyday life, but it also is a double-edged blade. So it's all about knowing yourself. If, if whoever's listening to this has that type of personality, you have to realize when to pull back or when to just change your environment completely to get yourself out of that mindset. I think that's the key, what you just said. There's a couple of keys about what you said, because I've been through what you're talking about. I decided for years I didn't consume anything, absolutely nothing. And I came to realize that it's really comes down to what you said, knowing yourself and especially who's around you. There's enablers. Like my best buddy doesn't drink, but he loves to smoke cigars. So do I. So he'll come up to the house. We spend a weekend just smoking cigars and I drink, I'll, I'll, I'll drink basically the whole time he's like the whole time we're, we're smoking, but because of the company that I'm with, I know that there's no problem. It's never going to evolve to something that it shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, and I think you're the average, you know, there's that saying, you're the average of the, your five closest people. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. when I met my wife, uh, she, she is really a gift from heaven and she's been um, pivotal in myself and me finding a better way of living. She's, she's basically, uh, she's as close as to perfection as you're going to get in my mind. And uh, being that she's obviously the person I spend the most time with, she's, she's a big influence on me. She has helped me so much in calming my partying down and getting more focused on things I'm passionate about, like fitness, jujitsu, veganism. Um, And it's, it's been, I'm a totally different person now that I'm with her. And, you know, obviously there's going to be people who say, well, she changed you. Well, yeah, she changed me. And for the better, you know, I was going down a dark path there for a second and I'm doing really, really well now. So I know a lot of my successes is, is, is originated from her because of the influence she's had on me. So it wouldn't be right if I didn't give her credit. I always try to give her credit just because she's this continual source of positivity for me. And, uh, Without her, I, I, like I said, I'd be a different person. You know, one of my buddies always says that uh, what a man truly needs is a cheerleader. Somebody that's just going to be there to cheer you on. She, I'm telling you, she yeah. cheers me on. She, she keeps me focused. She, she manages. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Keep <laughs> you out of trouble, bro. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good woman you have there, man. They're uh, they're not easy. They're not easy to find. No, so, no, they're uh, not. On you. Thank you. I'll uh, I'll make a I'll make a clip of that portion and I'll send it to her. Okay. <laughs> just so she has points. When you really piss her off, she can go on her phone and just okay. But he still like he still loves me, so it's okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate and, that. I know you have, uh, man. I got a feeling this could go on for a while. The uh, yeah, but I know you have a you have a hard stop, so I'll um, I'll cut it right there. But man, I gotta say, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. You, I, I knew you were this type of guy for some reason. I don't know why, but I had a feeling. So yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot for taking the time, man. 
Hey, I appreciate it. It's been an honor. I, I'm glad that we finally got to do this. I wish we would have done it sooner. And if you ever want to do a part two in the future, just let me know. I'd be down. Oh yeah, man, we should. And I want to travel. Uh, I got a, um, I got the bug for a long trip motorcycle. So I'd like to do one in the U S I wouldn't mind punching you in the face one day too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You come up, come up uh, to the Gracie school and train with us. Oh man, I would love it. I would love it. We actually have uh we're we're doing no gi. Are we doing no we're doing no gi tomorrow and we put the gloves on. So, you know, we I do mainly jujitsu, but we throw the gloves on and, and punch each other, man. I hey man, you wanna come punch me? Come on. <laughs> I love to be able to tell someone that I want to punch them in the face and they take it with a smile. You know, what people don't realize is when you get two fighters that say that to each other, it's kind of like a high five. Uh-huh. You know, absolutely must have punched me in the face like bro i'd be honored for you to punch me in the face one of my buddies that still fights posted a picture earlier of two of it, one of his last fights he went 15 minutes with a guy there he's wow. laying on the ground he's on his back he's fucking exhausted the guy that just split his head open grabs him's like come on bro let's celebrate this this fight <laughs> like he, he's picking him up and it's amazing because you don't understand that two seconds before that, they were punching each other to a point trying to knock each other out or to snap their arms. But as soon as the bell goes, hey, bro, come on, man, let's get it. Yeah, there's a lot of respect that you gain from someone when, when you go at each other yeah. that hard and you give it your all and you feel the true strength of another man. It's it's a new level of respect. You know, you know what that guy's capable of. And you're like, you know, what? this guy... You know, in, in, in a different time, could maybe whoop my ass. You know, like you yeah. got to respect that. You know, a lot of not a lot of people even have the balls to get into a ring. And then you get in there with a guy who goes head to head, or you know, maybe you barely beat him or he barely beats you. There's, there's respect is coming from that. It's a very humbling experience to know that you're not that great. Yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. How, how much, how, how many guys at the gym tap you? Oh, uh, uh, plenty, plenty. You, you know it's funny because my first i remember uh my first class of jujitsu i walked in and i got my wrestling background and, and at that time i was doing a lot of power lifting so i was a little bit i was denser and heavier not as cut up yeah. and uh i walked in and i and i looked around the room and i didn't there was nobody in there that really looked intimidating to me at least and i was like i'm just gonna run through everybody nope. and my match uh, and they let me spar. They normally don't let new guys spar, but because I had a wrestling background and my brother was already there, uh, they let me spar my first day. And I went up against a guy who was like 30, 40 pounds lighter than me. This dude <laughs> tapped me out like three or four times in one roll. And it, it made my mind like explode. Like I left there feeling like a weakling and, and it was, but it's what I needed because I wasn't this badass I thought I was. You know, I'm so used to rolling around with my drunk buddies at an after party, you know, and then I go to a jujitsu gym and just get absolutely wrecked by a guy significantly smaller than me. That's it's humbling, but you know what? I needed that. I need and A lot of people need that. A lot of people need that in life. Yeah. Yeah. It was my greatest teacher. Martial art is by far my greatest teacher. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you get to a point where, it's not like the, the, the journey of a white belt. It's nothing but getting tapped out. And I try to tell the new guy, your goal should be, all right, you got tapped out 10 times yesterday. Go for only getting tapped out nine times. They're like, yeah, I want to get a submission though. You're not there yet. 
you know, don't rush the process, you know, and then tomorrow or next week, focus on getting tapped out eight times and then seven times. And when you get, when you dwindle that number, number down enough, you may be at the point where you can start shooting submissions. But, you know, I try to tell them, don't let the fact that you're not getting submissions uh, discourage you from coming. It's a part of the process. And, and now, you know, I'm a purple belt. I, I, I hand out a fair number of submissions, but I also get caught and I get caught sometimes really easily some to the point where like, it makes me frustrated, but that's, that's that humbling nature that I need, you know, without that, you know, I would be, I don't know, I'd be a monster. I, I need to get beat, you know, to remind me that you, you are really, you're not as tough as you think you are, but that's good. It's good for you. And some of the, some of the biggest fighters have the biggest hearts too. Some of the most dangerous people I've ever met in my life have the kindest, kindest heart. And I'm telling you, that's my little brother. He's, a, he's got his black belt a year and a half ago. He is one of the, the nicest, the absolute nicest human beings on the planet. I swear that man is an angel from heaven. My brother is one of the nicest people ever. And he is a killer. Like he is, <laughs> at, but you would never know because he's so nice. He, he would only turn it on if he ever needed it. Which is almost never. Which never. Is, you know, so that's never. Get a guy talking about how badass he is. I, I love to say it like this. How often do you see a Navy SEAL talking about how badass he is? You don't. You never see that. How often outside of the UFC, professional fighters that need to smack talk, how often do you see black belts talking about how badass they are? It's rare. You know, so when you get a guy really talking himself up, you know, it makes me kind of look at him a little, you know, because even as a group about, you know, I, I'm obviously no black belt, but when I hear a guy talking like that, uh, uh, you sure, bud? Are you sure? Relax. It's a little confidence issue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. We could go for a while. Uh, Good. uh you want it to be done at six at six Oh one or stopping yeah. it right now so that your wife doesn't kill you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> Dude, it was a pleasure we'll have to do this again it was uh a lot of fun man yeah i had a great time i feel like uh we could flow for hours well anybody that talks about diet martial arts i can go forever two of my favorite subjects so yeah, yeah. absolutely we'll definitely do it again absolutely thanks again man absolutely